everybody, welcome back to the Sunny Day Review. I'm Brian. I'm Jillian. And Jillian, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to talk about uh well, excited but melancholy to talk about this first episode. Uh, in today's yeah. episode, we're covering season four, episodes nineteen and twenty, New Moon Rising and the Yoko Factor. So yeah. let's just get into it. Let's get into New Moon Rising. This originally aired May 2nd, 2000. It was written by Marty Noxon and directed by James A. Cotner. So we start with Willow and Tara. They're discussing adopting a cat together and bringing uh, Tara to her first Scooby meeting. So um, During this scene, it's pretty fun. They're, they're pitching names of what they could possibly call it. Um, and of course, the standout is Miss Kitty Fantastic. Yes. I mean, how could you not name that? <laughs> I know you have a lot of cats. Were you ever tempted to name any of your cats Miss Kitty Fantastica? Um, so we actually haven't had a female cat since oh, I was right. very young. Uh, we had a female cat. Her name was Simba. Okay. Um, and what we got her when I was in literally like kindergarten. So mm. I obviously hadn't seen Buffy yet. <laughs> um. I, I would be incredibly tempted to call my next cat uh, Miss Kitty Fantastica. We've we've talked about getting a kitten, but <laughs> we think that we might need to get another boy because Jack yeah. and Rocky throwing a girl into that mix might not be great. Yeah, and just Mr. Kitty Fantastica would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So at the Scooby meeting, things are pretty slow on the demon front for the Scoobies, uh, while the initiative is capturing many more demons. Uh, I believe. <laughs> Riley says they have demons coming out of their ears. And Willow's like, that's a metaphor. <laughs> Tara's like, thanks. I, I know. <laughs> She's like, uh, being overly Living helpful. On Living on the hellmouth, though, sometimes you need to check. Mm-hmm. When, I mean, um, oh, what was it? When Buffy, when Buffy got her acceptance to college and she said that her mom's uh, head spun around and exploded. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Giles goes, I've been living on the hellmouth too long. That that was exaggerated, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, my mom was fine. <laughs> she was just very excited. <laughs> so, I mean, so it makes sense. But, yeah, yeah. Um, without, you know, a lot of stuff happening, they're saying, well, maybe Adam's behind this. Maybe something bigger's coming. They're not really sure. But for tonight, there's not much they can do. So they're going to all disband. And just as they're about to disband, in walks Oz. Yeah. <laughs> and then credits <laughs> oh man so obviously oz being thrown back into the mix we love oz you love oz i mean you got oz funko pop right behind you what so what what are your feelings on oz coming back in this episode okay so when i first saw this i don't think i realized how big of a deal it was mm-hmm. uh only because the first episode I ever saw was Wild at Heart, the episode where he left. <laughs> right. So, like, I didn't have all of the the history of mm-hmm. the Willow and Oz relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I just knew that they were clearly together for a long time. They clearly loved each other, and then he took off. Right. So, but, like, watching it back now, and, like, knowing that spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the end of this episode i don't know why mm. you're listening to this, this video if you have <laughs> i know right <laughs> he leaves again at the end of this video and it's mm. heartbreaking all over again but um i i 
I just appreciate getting him back for one episode. Yeah. Like I mean, it's... Seth Green's awesome as this character, oh, yeah. so. And just More the Oz. chemistry, the chemistry that Seth Green and Allison Hannigan have together, like it's. I love Tara. I do. Where they go moving forward from here, and you know the past couple episodes since she got introduced in Hush, like they're great together. But I think Oz and Willow, with it being like the relationship that was for a while, and then end. I don't know. Yeah. I just I love Oz and Willow together. They just have this mm -hmm. chemistry that I'm just like I love it. Right. So um, <laughs> this is very awkward for everybody involved. Chief among them, Willow and Tara. Um, <laughs> although no one I really knows about what Tara really is to Willow, except for Willow and Tara. So everyone else is just like, oh, cool. Oz is back. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that um, like Xander breaks the awkward silence. He's like, Oz, I hate to sound like a, uh, like a grandma, but you don't write, you don't call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And well, yeah, you like, gotta remember that not only does he have that history with Willow, but he has that history with all of the Scoobies, mm -hmm. minus uh, Riley. Yeah. I gotta or, say, or, like, uh, he's like the one guy that Xander likes, <laughs> other than Giles. Giles. Yeah. Well, I think it's the uh, Xander just automatically has something against any boyfriend that Buffy has. True. True. And yeah. not that many other guys get introduced into mm. the Scoobies, at least not into the inner circle. Mm. I guess there's like Andrew later. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> the, the Scoobies are a. Uh, generally, when you bring in like characters outside of the main four mm. it's predominantly female yeah true so oh man all right so uh oz and willow make plans to have a talk later that evening because yeah gotta gotta have a talk after everything they've been through um and him just showing up out of the blue yeah and, a little bit yeah <laughs> So later that night uh, in a graveyard, Buffy and Riley tag team a demon. Uh, goes really easily. They're a very, very good team together. Um, and then Buffy fills him in on Oz, his relationship with Willow, and, you know, him being a werewolf. Yeah, just slides that in there. <laughs> Riley doesn't take it well. No, yeah. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just have a problem with this conversation because uh riley takes it like oh huh i thought willow was smarter than that mm. and it's like dude i'm sorry you've been around long enough you knew oz before he left like you weren't like buddy buddy with him mm -hmm. but you knew he was like a nice guy yeah exactly and, and so when he's like oh i never thought that you know willow would go for like a dangerous guy like that blah, blah, blah. it's like dude shut up yeah, supposedly you're his TA. I don't think we ever saw Oz in that class, but... <laughs> we saw him in there once, and then never right. again. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I have an issue with Riley in this episode. Mm. And I get that it's for, like, the, the moment of growth later in the episode. Mm. But it's... It, yeah. I don't yeah, know. and Oz is, you know, 
Riley doesn't even know what he's really talking about because every time he talks about how dangerous dating a demon is, you know, you got the subtext of the Angel Buffy relationship mm-hmm. there, and Buffy uh, does not take very kindly to that. No. Later that night at the campus, Willow and Oz take a walk. Um, Oz is like, okay, I really want to show you something outside. And Willow's like, what? Okay, fine. So they go out there. Then he shows Willow that the moon is full and that he hasn't changed, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Because up to this point, it was kind of like, yeah, we know that he's going to go off to find a cure. But, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, is there a cure to being a werewolf? We don't know. So um, Oz definitely wants to get back together with Willow. He's even says, like, yeah, I talked to Xander. He says that there's not another guy in the picture. He understands that the situation's pretty weird, so he's not going to push it. Um, and then there's obviously we know as the audience that Willow and Tara are becoming a thing, and it's just uh, just a just bad timing. You know? It really is. It's no one's fault. It's just no one's the bad guy. It's just bad timing. Um, okay. I would argue against that. Okay. It is Oz's fault. I love Oz, but I will hands down admit that this is his fault because he left. He did mm. not give Willow any choice in the matter. He just took off. Okay, he didn't call fair. her. He didn't write her. He right. nothing. She had to find out that he dropped out of school by the fact that he went to his dorm and all of his stuff was gone. All right. That's fair. That's... So, That's very fair. He's he's going through a thing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I, I get where he, you're coming from. He left at Wild at Heart, which was clearly before Thanksgiving. Mm. Now they're getting close to the end of the school year. So it's been a while. Yeah. Huh? I, I don't disagree. So, um... Elsewhere, Graham is leading a patrol that is violently attacked by a big, hairy demon who looks suspiciously like a werewolf. Though, I mean, we we can pretty much safely say that it's not a werewolf. Granted, they sometimes do change what the werewolf looks like, so it's hard to completely say. But, uh, you know, to Graham and the other soldiers, they have no idea what's happening here. So it's understandable that... A werewolf would be their first, you know, go-to in terms of suspects. Um, Well, I mean, it is a full moon. I mean, the evidence is kind of there. But we do know that at one point there was more than one werewolf on campus. Who's to say that somebody else didn't didn't join, right? Yeah, one of them wasn't uh, too about, you know, being caged up. So I'm sure there's a few werewolves out there. Yeah. Oh, man. So Oz and Willow spend all night talking. He explains that he went to Tibet. He learned meditation techniques and that coupled with herbs, uh, herbs and that coupled with herbs, uh, learning chants and some charms uh, helps him stay human during the full moon, which is you know cool. It's it's not a cure all. You know, it's not like, OK, you're not a werewolf anymore, but it's, uh, you know, it's good. I guess. It's like a suppressant. Yeah, really. That's really what exactly what it is. 
So he found a way to take allergy meds for his werewolfism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Willow's like, oh man, spent all night talking. We should get breakfast. And then Oz is like, or we could just stay in. And she's like, I think I'm gonna go with the less confusing breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a lot because it's like this is this is something that she wanted for so long like even after he left she would go back to his dorm room just to like smell his clothes and stuff which is something i don't understand because i don't have a sense of smell but um <laughs> <laughs> apparently this is a thing like mm. scent is a big thing in like relationships or something i have no idea right um but so, like, this is something that she wanted for so long. She was absolutely, completely devastated and heartbroken when Oz left. And so now he's back. And he's like, hey, I'm back. Let's have everything go back to the way it was. And right. she's like, can we hold on a second here? Because I need to process this. Yeah. I've been in the process of moving on. Right. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so Willow um, goes to freshen up in the bathroom down the hall and while she's in there tara comes knocks on the door and oz is just like oh hey uh you were at giles the other night do you want to like come in and obviously tara's like oh this sucks <laughs> clearly the you know spent the whole night together so what does that necessarily imply imply you know right and uh so she she leaves which very much confuses Oz. He's like, what the hell was that? Oh, man. So elsewhere, Riley wakes up and tries to cuddle Buffy, who immediately gets up as he tries to do this. Um, their interaction's very tense, I believe. She even uh, pokes fun at him calling his mother every morning. Which I guess now that... Um, Professor Walsh is dead. He's going to call his actual mom. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big loss for oh. him. I mean, we hope it's still okay. Yeah, I'm we sure. Never about her. <laughs> we never see her or anything, but I'm sure she's fine. I mean, he went home to Iowa for, uh, what, Thanksgiving, so I guess he is. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> sure. Mama Finn is, is all right. <laughs> oh, man. So he tries to like talk to Buffy because he's like, he's like, hey, I've been awake for one minute. I've already pissed you off. <laughs> it's a very funny line. Um, and Buffy tries to explain to him that it's not black and white. Not all demons are bad. She even says not all vampires are bad. And he's like, really? Name one. And she doesn't want to tell him about angels, so she can't. Instead, she just leaves. She says, uh, you sounded like Mr. Initiative last night. People good, demons bad. So, I mean, just kind of shows what the initiative's all about there, right? We talked earlier about how they don't view demons as, like, intelligent beings at all. And this is, like, feeding into that where they just view them as just nothing but evil badness. Right. Um, her speech about, you know demons potentially being good is undercut by Forrest who comes in to tell them that a demon attacked uh, Graham and a bunch of other troops, which, you know, it's just bad timing for Buffy to try to explain all of this. Oh, man. Yeah. 
So Buffy. I'm mean, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's just doesn't he? Oh no, that was back in uh in Who Are You, where he tried to call Buffy a killer. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, no. Forest sucks. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So Buffy and Willow have a heart to heart about about Oz coming back, and while that's and while that's complicated, it is complicated because Tara and Willow have something between them. Buffy is admittedly a little awkward about Willow coming out uh, to her. I guess there's a different time, right? Um, I think people are much cooler about it these days, but definitely back then i guess people weren't quite uh, as quick though buffy is a good friend she does like get get on the right track she is taken aback momentarily by it yeah which i purposely re-watched this scene this morning just because like i wanted to be able to because i hadn't watched this episode in kind of a while mm -hmm. so i went back and i was like i want to watch this scene specifically right i think that buffy actually handles the situation incredibly well um, I know that uh, Willow and Tara are, if not the first, they're one of the first female gay couples on TV for mm -hmm. like the time that this came out. And that's right. why the network had such an issue and told them that they couldn't show them kissing mm -hmm. for an incredibly long time. Like right. they needed to limit the amount of actual physical intimacy that was between Willow and Tara. Um and that's why the writers kind of got around it by having, like, the spells they do together take right. on this very, like, sexual metaphor. But I think that Buffy's reaction in this is completely fair, even by today's standards. Mm. Because, like, Willow doesn't come out and say, hey, I think I might be gay. Mm. Or, I mean, if this was today, she... I don't know. She might have been seen as, like, bisexual. Not necessarily just gay. Because she does have, you know, those strong feelings for for um, for Oz still. Mm -hmm. I think that it is complete... Buffy's reaction is completely fair. She does not attack um, Willow. She does not tell her... Are she's, she's not like, are you sure? Like, could you, could you not be? Like, she doesn't have yeah. any of that reaction. Um... She's just, like, trying to be supportive while also trying to process mm -hmm. what Willow just implied to her. Because Willow, right. again, doesn't come right out and say it. Right. Um, and that, that very well may have been uh, directed from the network. Um, but I think that, like, because she's like, you know, that's great, Will. Um, mm -hmm. I... I, I want you to be happy, Will. And yeah. she keeps ending every every statement with Will. Mm -hmm. And Willow's like, why do you keep saying my name? Like, <laughs> it's just this great moment. But I think that, like, you know, having Willow in this very long-term relationship with Oz. I mean, that relationship started season two. They had some rocky patches in there. But, I mean, it went through, I mean, almost the... Okay, so, like, the first quarter of the season... So they were together for a long time, and that's the only relationship that Buffy has seen Willow in, except for the robot and uh, I robot Eugene, which we don't talk about. Um, but like, and we, 
Buffy only just met Tara. She just met Tara. I mean, she didn't even really meet her in uh, Who Are You? Because Faith mm. met her in Buffy's body. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Or no, no. She, she did meet Tara in that episode very, very, very quickly when she was in Faith's body. So she's really only known that Tara is a thing. Like, that, that Tara is a person who exists in this universe for, like, two and a half episodes. Which is, like, not like a... It's, it's very much a relationship that Willow was purposely kind of keeping separate from her Scooby life. Mm. But this is where I think Buffy's reaction is kind of appropriate, where it's like, oh, okay, wait, wait a second. We're best friends. You've only just started bringing this person around. And now you're saying that you're in some way in a relationship with them? Like, okay, uh, give me a second. I'm just catching up here. <laughs> right, right. Makes but sense. like um, Buffy does not in any way attack Willow, which is mm. what I love about this scene. She's right. processing it in a way that is completely fair for her to do, but she does not attack or try to convince her otherwise. Mm. Okay, sorry. Soapbox. No, this, this is good. This is good. <laughs> so uh, elsewhere in Spike's crypt, uh, which he's you know hasn't really furnished too much yet, just uh, laying on there the, a couple of days. The crypt. Um, Adam shows up. And as he like goes to wake up, Spike, Spike grabs his hand. And he's like judging by the sound of those like what is it like massive mud flops? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're a demon, which means you're in for like a world of hurt. And he tries to punch at him and it just doesn't even affect him at all. <laughs> so I like good. How Adam, who seems to have at least to some degree the same resources that the initiative does. Hmm. Somehow managed to track down Spike, right? Like, so fast. <laughs> he can he can make demons talk. You know he's got some demons on his side. They probably know where Spike is. Okay, that's fair. Uh, that's just what I head canon, I guess. Um. <laughs> so he offers a deal to Spike, uh, where they can help each other out with their, you know, problems. Spikes being the chip, Adam being some vague thing that isn't quite explained yet. Oh, man. So, Willow and Tara have a sad conversation as Tara tries to say that Oz coming back is fine and, like, they'll still be friends and, you know, it, don't worry about it, basically. Like, I always knew that if he came back and all this and Willow's, like, kind of like, no, I, you know, it's just a very confusing time for me right now but what what they had together is like too important for willow to just pass up for this you know yeah and tara is so sweet in this she's like you just you, you gotta do what makes you happy like she just regardless of whatever happens she just wants willow to be happy it's yeah. so sweet yeah tara's awesome um so, later in the hall, Oz is, I think, like, looking at class stuff on the bulletin board or just, like, getting reacclimated to the campus because he's planning on coming back. And he, like, turns, he's like, Willow? But it's Tara. And he's very confused because he... <laughs> and he realizes that Tara's wearing her sweater. No, no, he asks if she's wearing her sweater. Okay. And Tara doesn't answer. 
Right, right. But and she then, has Willow scent all over her. Yeah. And he gets very in a tizzy about all this. It's very confusing for him. Um, and it just causes him to just spiral basically out of control. And the wolf comes out and he tells Tara to run away. Um, so Tara does that. She runs into the lecture hall uh, where they take psych. Uh, she runs around that for a little bit. And she throws a chair at Oz. And it's just a weird scene because it looks like the chair just completely takes Oz out. But it's actually a tranquilizer dart from Riley off screen. Just like at the exact same moment. Um, the initiative like bag him up to see if he's what attacked their friends. There's trying to explain like, no, you don't understand. But they're like, yeah, it's, shut up <laughs> with the initiative. We're not going to listen to you. Um, so back in Forrest the crypt, like, oh, sorry. I, Forrest goes over to Tara and he's just like, you're, you're very confused. You don't know what you just <laughs> yeah. saw. It's like, Dude, if you're going to try that, just get one of the men in black. Like, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so back, uh, at the crypt, Adam explains a plan to spike about a coming conflict that will involve humans and demons. He says that he's going to need a lot of casualties casualties on both sides. Um, and he needs the Slayer to be the leader of the human faction for the humans to be able to draw out these casualties from the demons. Spike is a little trepidatious. He says, uh, you know, fighting the Slayer isn't necessarily a good idea. His exact quote is, the Slayer's a whiny thing, but she does have a slight tendency to win. And then Adam's like, well, then you better be on her side. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. I love that Spike just, like, has gone to the... He's gone from completely hating Buffy's guts to, like, a begrudging respect to, like, yeah, I don't know. You can't really beat her. She outsmarts everyone and always wins everything and stops everything. Well, I mean, that's probably why he's kind of continued to align himself with the scoobies it, like as much as he likes to make it seem like he's unwilling to do so right um i mean he he doesn't have anybody else on his side no <laughs> oh man so tara finds willow and explains what happened um to oz the scoobies start to make a plan to break um, into the initiative to rescue Oz. They don't know where Riley's at during all this because he obviously has brought Oz back to the initiative and hasn't checked in with them. So they're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, we're just going to have to figure this out on our own. Then we cut back to the initiative and Riley points a gun at Oz, which causes him to turn back into a human. And this just changes like his whole demeanor he's just like oh, like i know this person like he's not a killer he's not evil anything like this um and that gets him thrown out <laughs> of the pit of the tinfoil pit because he uh he's too attached to what's happening um oh, it's so like confusing with his character though because of the fact that like you know literally the night before 
he was calling Oz dangerous and a demon and, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And, like, being like, oh, I thought Willow was smarter than to get into a relationship with someone like that and blah, blah, blah. But it's like now he's like, wait, I know this person. This changes everything and we should definitely not be testing on them and blah, 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 blah. It's like. Yeah, and I think, like, maybe him turning, like, back to human, like, right in front of him. And, you know, Oz is a pretty tiny guy. He's probably looks very meek in this cage and just something clicked with Riley and just being like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know. It is a little sloppy writing. <laughs> oh man. So at the initiative, the find out that Oz's wolf form is brought out by negative stimuli. So that means they're just going to torture the shit out of Oz. Uh, to get him to turn back and forth, which is, you know, real great, real great. Oz is, Oz is a werewolf, I get it, but he's also an American citizen. He has rights. You can't just do that. <laughs> you can't just keep electrocuting him. Come on. Yeah. Um, back at Giles, Spike comes to the Scoobies uh, to help them get into the initiative. Um, he tells them that he has a back door into it. Um, that he learned about from escaping. So at the initiative, Riley opens up Oz's cell to free him. It's very clear that Oz has been tortured. He's all bruised and just like huddled in a corner. I think he's like, looks like he was crying, you know, which I mean, understandable. It's a pretty horrific situation he's gotten himself in on the heels of finding out that uh, his girlfriend has already moved on. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a bad day for Oz. All things considered. Like, why did I come back to Sunnydale? For real. <laughs> could have stayed in Tibet. It could have become a monk, but no. <laughs> I had to come back. All right. So as they're getting Oz out, they get him some clothes, which is, of course, good. Um, but they're caught by Forrest Graham and a bunch of other soldiers. Oz is returned to his cell and Riley is locked up. Okay, so when uh, Riley is, like, trying to sneak Oz out, just the height difference between Mark Lucas and Seth Green, I think, is hysterical. Yeah. And it's, like, and it's like uh, you know, I think that they gave Seth Green the direction of, like, you know, you gotta walk really slow, act like you're hurt, blah, blah, blah. Which, for some reason, has caused Seth Green to just, like, take these massive steps that are way, like, it, it seems like they're, like, He's taking steps that are way longer than his normal, like, stride would be. And then Mark Lucas is trying to look like he's, like, supporting uh, Seth Green. But the height difference is so crazy. I'm like, you guys might have been better off just having Mark Lucas give Seth Green a piggyback ride. Yeah, just carry <laughs> like, him out of the initiative. It's really awkward. <laughs> oh, it just looks really awkward. So the new guy in charge says that he's going to court-martial Riley. Uh, if he doesn't help take down the Scoobies, he calls the Scoobies anarchists. Um, elsewhere, Adam unlocks the back door remotely through his phone connection in his head, connected to the computer. Phone check in his head yeah. and a floppy disk drive in his mm. chest. Right. Um, Anya and Giles are able to shut down the electrical grid. Um, for the whole campus and the surrounding area. This is a fun scene. I think it was actually Adam. 
Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Where uh, Anya's like, yeah. was just like slap, slap me with your hand or something, <laughs> and like slap hands, and John was like, what? And he's like, oh, and to give like a high five. I was like, ow. <laughs> Slap my hand, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what? ridiculous. Love it. And he, he gives her a high five and she's like, ow. <laughs> oh, man. So Buffy wakes up the new guy in bed with a little crossbow pointed at him. And she's like, you know who I am? And you know I'm pretty good with one of these. Um, the new guy tells the Scoobies Rally tried to help Oz escape and that he's being held. And Daddy's like, well, good for us. I guess we get a two for one. <laughs> um, they free both of them, uh, though when Oz sees Willow, he almost wolfs out. But he's able to keep it cool, keep, keep it under control. Okay, so one thing here uh, is that when... So Buffy goes to free um, Riley, who's been locked in the brig, and she opens the door to his cell, and he kind of starts to walk out, and he goes... Buffy, if I leave now, I can't ever come back. And she just kind of stands there like, okay, you've got to make a decision here. Like, we, we don't have a lot of time. And he's like, sorry, I just needed to hear that out loud. He's like, I just, he's, it's like, I just need to, like, recognize this fact and then mm -hmm. feel firm in the fact that, like, I knew exactly what I was doing. Yeah. So there's a bunch of soldiers pointing guns at them, but they have the crossbow on the, the new commander guy. They end up going into an elevator with him. Everyone gets out. Riley pulls the wires out so they can't be followed. And uh, he says some pretty mean shit to Riley about how he's ruining his life and how he's a traitor. And Riley has a really lame line. He's like, I'm not a traitor. I'm an anarchist. He punches the guy in the face. It's like, man, we, can, we need to work on that, Riley. <laughs> It's terrible. You need to go to uh, the Buffy School of Quipping 101. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so Riley makes camp in the old high school, which I think is fun. I always like when they go back to this. Um, he's happy to finally be on one side of the fight, no longer straddling the line between Buffy and the Scoobies and the initiative. He realizes that it was wrong to say that it's always people versus monsters. Um, Buffy decides to tell her, tell him about Angel. Well, she says, I have some things I need to tell you about my past and you're not going to like all of them. So we assume about Angel. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, in Oz's van, Oz and Willow have a final goodbye. He realizes that he no longer has a place in Sunnydale and being around Willow is not going to be good for him. All things considered. Um, so they have a nice, like, hug and, you know, a pretty a pretty sad goodbye. And that's that's it for, for Oz. He leaves Sunnydale. Guys, should I say that he also leaves the series, or should we not say that? I think it's okay. All right, yeah, so, yeah, so that's it for Oz. He leaves Sunnydale, and he leaves Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Last time we see him. So sad. Um, I, I always thought he would come back. I know, yeah. I know. But, like, after this is when, like, Tara and Willow really get together. And then it's just, like, it's it's kind of too late. He doesn't really have, like, a place in the Scoobies. I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, I think the conversation between Willow and Oz is incredibly sweet. And she says something about like, and someday when I'm old and blue haired, and if I look up and you're there, I'm not going to be surprised. And, you know, it's, oh, it's just so sweet. And they leave it, they leave it on such good terms. I wish he could have like come in and cameoed occasionally or something, but I don't know, like how that like story wise, how it would have made sense. Um, I'm just sad he left all together. Me too. But yeah. So we have one more scene in the episode. Willow visits Tara. She brought a candle. Um, before that, Tara was looking very forlorn out the window. Just just really in her feelings about the whole thing. Um, and then Willow says, Tara, I have to tell you. And she's like, no, I understand. You have to be with the person you love. And Willow says, I am. And they blow out the candle. And that's the end of the episode. What did you think of this this one? Oh, I have a love-hate relationship with this one. I love it mm. because of Oz, and I hate it because Oz, Oz leaves again. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this one's a definite watch for me. Mm. There's there's character progression for Riley, um, which he desperately needed because he was way too G.I. Joe uh, <laughs> Boy Scout. Yeah. Always following the rules. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I give it a watch. I'll give it a seven. It's kind of like, it's it's not like a mind-blowing, crazy, amazing episode like the next three really mm-hmm. kind of are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a good episode. Yeah. I gave it an eight uh, just because my boy Oz. <laughs> love Oz. This is the last time we'd see him. I'm so sad. Uh, like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. I just think... Seth Green does such a good job as this character, and he's such a well-written and fun character, and he's really gone now. All right, so you're ready to move on to the Yoko Factor? Yes, I am. All right. Season 4, episode 20, originally aired May 9th, 2000. It's called The Yoko Factor. It was written by Douglas Petrie, directed by David Grossman. So the new the new guy, the the, the new army leader initiative guy, his name I don't know because it's just supposed probably supposed to just be Professor Walsh and they just threw him in to to have him stand stand there. Uh, is giving a briefing to Washington regarding how the initiative's holding up with one the death of Professor Walsh and how they're doing you know fighting the forces of evil. He says morale is low but the capture rates are high. He also laments on Riley's departure, saying. He doesn't think he was ever the soldier that you all thought he was, and that's because he thinks too much. Which is gets back to earlier conversations, right? About mm-hmm. about Riley. Um, I think Buffy's really the one that got like gears rolling in his head oh, just regarding yeah. anything because before that he was very much like like it took him a long time to even realize that he liked Buffy. Like that's mm-hmm. how brainwashed he was. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, if it weren't for Buffy, he would have just been, like, super soldier boy forever. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Spike is visited by Adam, and uh, he explains the problem with fighting the Slayer and how dangerous and prone to winning she is. And Adam says, yes, that makes things interesting. He says, no, you're not listening, Mr. Bits. You're going to be interestingly dead. <laughs> Which I thought was a, <laughs> one of the best lines Spike's ever had. <laughs> I love Spike so much. Yeah. Oh man, and I'm pretty sure this is—I'm pretty sure this is the 
part where he's like, but if we do this, you get a, you get the chip out of my head. And he's like, scouts honor. And he's like, you were a boy scout. There's parts of me. <laughs> oh man. Adam is trying to understand why Spike's afraid of Buffy when he's killed two slayers in the past. He's like, why is this girl such a big deal? After explaining to Spike that, uh, he knows how Spike feels like he's, uh, he's, he's just a caged animal with this chip. Um, Spike is, uh, very impressed by Adam's insight into, into his own psyche. And he calls him the Tony Robbins of demons, which I thought was hilarious. I wonder if, uh, Maggie put a little bit of her, uh, like, Oh, psychology yeah, yeah. professor thinking in his head that would definitely make a lot of sense um and he's already shown he's just like very connected to the world in uh the episode with jonathan yeah. <laughs> superstar where he's the only one until buffy later realizes that it's not right um yeah. adam's there's a very a theory... dangerous boy yeah there's a theory that um maybe adam was part uh seer mm. like like we've seen seers before, Drusilla was a seer, mm. um, and maybe that's what allowed him to kind of see through the spell. Makes either, sense. Either that or like the robot side of him. <laughs> right, the logical side <laughs> makes sense. All right, so Spike comes up with a plan to manipulate Buffy's friends away from her so that she will be weak in the coming battle, um, and then they'll actually have a chance to pull off their plan. Um. Xander and Riley talk about their shared dislike of Angel in the school. Riley has just been filled in on everything. Uh, well, on a lot of stuff about Angel. The Cliff Notes version, I would say. Um, Buffy might have left out the fact that uh, they slept together and that's why he lost his soul. Right. <laughs> and this is all in the backdrop of the the second half of the crossover of Faith with the Buffy and Angel where mm -hmm. Buffy goes to LA. So she's not even here right now to talk about yeah. all this. She's visiting Angel. Um, so Riley doesn't know the specifics of the relationship, obviously, or why Angel turned evil. Xander doesn't realize this. Um, and he's also just kind of hates Angel. So he just kind of overly explains how Angel lost his soul. Riley puts together what a moment of happiness means, of course, just sleeping with Buffy. Um, <laughs> this scene. Uh, at the... At Giles' apartment, Giles is singing Freebird, <laughs> which is great. I mean, he has an amazing voice. Um, and it, it does, does kind of reflect how he's feeling disconnected from Buffy and the group as a mm -hmm. whole, as he's not the, the watcher anymore. Spike walks in and Giles screams just as soon as he sees him. It's like, a hilarious scream. Yeah. <laughs> and Spike just completely straight faced. You know, for someone with Watcher on his resume, you'd think you'd cast your eye to the door once in a while. Or lock it. Or lock it. At any point, just lock right? it. <laughs> oh, man. Spike pretends that he's just there to pick up some blood he left when he was living with Giles. And to warn Buffy about the coming evil regarding Adam. He says he has some 
inside details on some files that are at the initiative that might help them with their fight. And he wants to make a deal, chief among them, uh, that he will not, under any circumstances, be slain, <laughs> which is reasonable. <laughs> um, but he needles Giles because he's like, you know, I can't make this deal with you. I can only make it with the Slayer. You know, you're not really her watcher anymore. She doesn't listen to you. You're just there. But he plays it off so well. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's just something Spike's saying. But really, it's like very pinpoint, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, it's this is a, a great first, like, um, illustration of Spike's ability to manipulate the Scoobies. Because... The Yoko factor, going back to um, Yoko and John Legend, where people blame Yoko for the breakup of the Beatles. Um, and so that's kind of what Spike's trying to do. He's He's got an in with the Scoobies, and he's trying to use that to break them up. And that's kind of what, that's kind of like the tasks that, the task that Adam has given him is, you know, this Slayer is different because she has friends. Well, take your friends away from her. So he's from from the inside out trying to break up the Scoobies to then make Buffy more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So um, with that scene done, we move on to Willow and Tara who have adopted a kitten and for the moment anyways, named it Miss Kitty Fantastico. <laughs> oh, which is awesome. Will Willow's just like completely in love with the you know, because anytime you get, like, a puppy or a kitten, it's just, like, the cutest thing in the world. Everything it does is just the cutest yes. thing. So I felt this very hard. Um, <laughs> they also talk about potentially moving in together. And this kind of exposes uh, how Willow feels. Her relationship with Buffy has grown further apart as they both, you know, began to get into new relationships. Riley stops by Buffy's storm. Um, and is super weird to Buffy about Buffy's trip to L.A. Um, Buffy tells Riley in vague terms that her encounter with Angel did not go well, which is an understatement. They punched each other in the face. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's not good at all. Um, and that this whole thing has to do with face, uh, with Faith as she visited Angel uh, in the second half of that crossover, which we will get to sooner or later, eventually. I don't want to get too into it, but uh, this will all make more sense. I assume if you're watching this podcast, you're probably watching Angel, too. I mean, it just seems like the thing to do, but yeah. Um, Xander and Anya meet up with Spike to give him Riley's clothes to sneak into the initiative. Um which I thought they did like a good job of this because uh, they set it up earlier with Xander giving like the clown pants to Riley to wear and then bringing the clothes. But then later Riley just has his clothes again while Spike is supposedly wearing his clothes. So they, they messed up the continuity. Also the, fact, also the fact that I'm sorry, even though that shirt looks a little bit baggy on Spike, Mark Lucas and James Marsters do not wear the same size no. clothes. <laughs> not no. even close. <laughs> oh, man. So there's a fun scene where just, there's like a little gun on the clothes. And he Spike's like, yes, I like this quite a bit. He tries to point it at Anya and Xander and just immediately his chip goes off. 
Um, Didn't it turn out that it's a fake gun? Yeah, Sanders like, you know, it's not, I wouldn't give you like a real gun. And Anya's like, who can't even point a fake gun at people that's pathetic? <laughs> and she's like eating like a frosty or something too. So oh, man. So during this, Spike plants the seed that uh, he overheard Willow and Buffy talking behind Xander's back about how he should join the army since nothing's really going that well for Xander and Sunnydale and he keeps getting fired as Xander says, um, he's like, oh, I see. He's making fun of me for not being able to do anything like uh, Xander got fired from Starbucks. Xander got fired from that phone sex line. (laughs) Which we missed that episode. I don't remember well, we do know that he spent at least one night working at a a ladies' club. That's true. In his uh, yeah cross country <laughs> road trip that he didn't even make it out of California. Yeah, his uh, I think uh, what would Buffy do? Sometimes I think what Buffy yep. what's Buffy wearing out of speech. Oh yeah. man! So Xander's not happy that his friends are talking about him like this. Uh, like he can't do anything right, which is understandable. Right. Oh, man. So this is just such a random scene, which I feel like they could have like done something to like have Spike tell Buffy to check out this cave, have you know demons appeared to a bunch of places so that Forrest has to go to this cave alone, you know. Right. But in how it really happens is Buffy and Forrest just like come to the same point in the forest at the exact same time somehow um are they both tracking adam is that what's up yeah i think so but like forest has no backup so i don't really understand why he's doing this um so she runs into forest and the pair search the cave together while pretty much being like i hate you no i hate you more (laughs) um forest is very upset that buffy basically ruined Riley's career from his perspective, which I guess makes sense from his perspective, but also she, he's never been a fan of Buffy's, so he can't really take what he's saying at face value. Well, also he blames Buffy for basically losing his best friend. True, true, that too. So Adam jumps out and the try to fight Adam, while well, Buffy tries to fight him while keeping Forrest away, but Forrest will not. Uh, will not do that. He shoots Adam with the stun gun and Adam just like absorbs the energy from it. And then, uh, robot, you just recharged him. Right. And then, uh, Forrest gets stabbed and dies. So, Oh, so sad. (laughs) He was such a well-developed character. (laughs) I liked him so much. Right. Oh, man. So Buffy gets very beaten up and, uh, blasted by Adam using Forrest's gun. So she just sprints out of there and falls and hits her head after rolling down a hill and gets knocked out. I don't know. She was electrocuted by freaking 12,000 volts or something that it took some one of the initiative guys two hours to recover from, right? right? It's just a weird scene. Like I hate scenes it like is. this where people fall down hills and hit their heads on rock and just get knocked out. Like, I believe Buffy wouldn't die from that because she's the Slayer. But, like, in other stuff, when it happens, like, you're, prob- you're probably dead. You just smack your head into a rock and just lay in the forest with no one around to help you. You're probably going to die. <laughs> Anyways, back in Giles' apartment, Spike, like, walks up to the door and then just, like, 
and then like runs in acting like he's out of breath from running which is great <laughs> and they're like oh did you get the files and he's like yeah and he's like also i had to give a couple of the soldiers the old slip uh while giles is watching this he's just drinking the whole time um well, because uh, Spike put it in his head a couple scenes ago that, like, the, the Slayer doesn't need you, you're not important, blah, blah, blah. So Giles, uh, as a response to that, has started drinking. And it gets kind of funny. So uh, Willow, Tara, and Giles, like, look at the files. Um, Giles goes to get himself another drink. Uh, while they're waiting, Spike needles Giles about not being able to give him the deal until Willow gives him the all clear. Because I guess since Buffy's not there, he just kind of moved on. Like, all right, fine, you can give me the deal. I believe you, whatever. But he was like, oh, what? First, like, Buffy doesn't listen to you. Now you get to have uh, have Red give give you the all clear or whatever. So just more shitting on Giles. Yep. Not good. Um, He also tells Willow that Xander was judging her for her new relationship with Buffy. Um, He's really mean. About this, he's like, yeah, you know, I heard like you said something about it just being a phase or whatever, and uh, he also like insults her computer skills, and she's like, she's like, oh, can I crack a government encryption on my laptop? Uh, basically, incredibly hard, and he's like, yeah, you're not very good with computers anymore either. She's <laughs> like really offhanded. <laughs> well, he said something about uh. Yeah, your friend said you're not as good with computers at anymore. Been going or been into the new thing more lately, and she's like, "New thing?" And he's and he, like, he's low key talking about her relationship with Tara, um, but also referring to like her being more into magic and less into technology lately. Yeah. Uh, and that's when he says, "Like, uh, but Xander said it was just a phase." Yeah. Like, just a phase? What the fuck? <laughs> oh man. So at the initiative, things are getting out of hand. There's overcrowding in the cells, and on there's just tons of calls coming into the radio. People need reinforcement. Riley has jerry-rigged his own radio to listen in so no one captures him. But while he's listening in, he's hearing a squad just get destroyed by an unknown demon. And he's like, I, I can't like let this just happen. I have to right. help. Um, and when he goes there, he sees that the unknown demon is actually Angel. He's just kicking everyone's ass. So they have um, a little talk. He's like, Riley. And he's like, do I know you? <laughs> he's like, we have a mutual friend. And he's like, oh, Buffy, you're Angel. Um, and I mean, it doesn't look great for Angel because he is beating up humans. Um, right. So basically, Riley thinks that maybe Angel has lost his soul, especially because uh, Buffy just visited him, and Riley's mm-hmm. a very jealous boy, and oh, thinks that maybe they slept together. It's just a whole thing. Um, so they have a standoff, which basically is just a dick measuring contest of them insulting each other before they finally get into a real fight. Which they literally shoot the scene at, like... Like, pelvis height. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give more emphasis on mm. how stupid this is. So I will say, Riley does hold his own pretty well. He gets, like, his lumps in. Uh, but eventually, Angel just vamps out and just throws Riley across the, like, alley twice. And then a vehicle comes, and they both have to run away. 
I think Angel was holding back. Yeah. Out of respect so. for Buffy and not wanting to break her boyfriend in half. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably pretty easily could have just killed Riley if he wanted to. But he definitely didn't want to because a lot, lot of explaining. Buffy would probably be pretty upset and just the whole thing. Oh, man. So back at the dorm, uh, Buffy's nursing her wounds because apparently no one went looking for Buffy. Buffy just had to wake up on her own alone in the woods and walk home. Well, I don't think they knew she was back from Los Angeles yet. Oh, right. That's that's fair then. That's that's better. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, this is interrupted by Angel knocking on the door. She's like, hi. And he's like, hi. And then they like sit there awkwardly and he's like, I'm going to need a little bit more than that. <laughs> and she's like, all right, you're invited in. Um, so they start to have a little bit of a talk. And then Riley breaks in and is pointing a gun at Angel. Uh, those two don't really talk stuff out. Instead, they just punch each other. And then Buffy just like so angrily just easily pushes them apart from each other. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like, can you guys catfish some other time? Or catfish yeah. some other time? Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. Like, uh, I've had a rough day. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, that's enough. If I see one more display of testosterone poisoning, I'll personally put you both in the hospital. <laughs> oh, man. So Buffy explains to Riley that she needs to talk to Angel. And Riley's like, I'm not leaving this room. So they both just walk outside of the room. And he's like, yep, not moving a muscle. <laughs> oh, man. It goes to show that, like, Buffy, with one look, like, after Riley says that line, Buffy, with one look to Angel, is just like, she does, like, a little head tilt. And they, like, and you, there's a full conversation that's happened in that one look. Of, right. He, is he serious? Yeah, he's serious. Okay. You want to go talk out in the hallway? Yeah, let's yeah. go do that. Like, that, that is what I've been missing in a Buffy relationship, is that, like, Buffy and Angel have just had, like, these big fights in the last two episodes over on Angel, but they still have that connection that they can have that entire conversation between themselves without right. saying a word, where it's right. like Buffy has to feed every thought to Riley because he's so <laughs> granola <laughs> Boy Scout do-gooder. <laughs> oh, man. So out in the hall, <laughs> uh, Angel says that he came to apologize for how things ended. Uh, he didn't want to leave it like that. Buffy apologizes for how she acted. It's hard to be vague about this because we're not talking about those episodes, but Buffy yeah. wasn't the best in her appearance on Angel. No, but there was a lot going on. Hmm. Extenuating circumstances, to be sure. Yeah. So they both apologize to each other and kind of make up. Angel says the next time he has to apologize, he'll give a call instead of coming here and causing all this trauma. <laughs> oh, man. So Angel heads back to L.A., but he's like, oh, yeah. By the way, Riley and Puffy's like, yeah, he's like, I don't like him. <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> but he says it in like a, in like a, I don't like him and that's why he's okay. Yeah. Right. Right. In a way. Yeah. It's like a, I don't like him, but I approve. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of weird. Yeah. And Buffy just kind of smiles and laughs about it. 
and goes back in with Riley. Oh, man. So, Spike returns to Adam, and he uh, explains how great a job he did by telling him about the Yoko factor. He's like, you know, this is the Yoko factor. And Adam's just like, what? <laughs> and he's like, oh, come on. You know about the Beatles? And he's like, yes, I know. I like some of their songs. I like Halter Skelter. And he's like, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> oh, man. Was Halter Skelter is obviously very famously associated with uh, Charles Manson. So, um, so he explains the Yoko factor, how the Beatles in actuality were ready to break up. They had all these things in place to set up the breakup. But since Yoko had just come into the picture, she gets a lot of the blame for what caused it. It's kind of saying that, like, you know, the the cracks were there. Spike just nudged them along. Yeah. Um, let's see. Adam says before he removes uh, Spike's chip, there's one more thing he has to do. And then we go to the next scene. Uh, Riley explains to Buffy that he was worried that Buffy slept with Angel again and the Angel had lost his soul. Buffy says, um, how can you even ask ask me that? that like, if they slept together? And he's like, I don't know, Xander said it. Buffy's like, Xander? Oh, he's the deadest man in Deadonia. <laughs> oh, which is, of course, great. <laughs> oh, man. Riley says that Xander explained the trigger of how Angel lost his soul, and then Riley freaked out um, when he thought Angel was bad, kind of implying, like, oh, my God, I thought you slept together with him and Angel's bad now. He says, I'm so in love with you, I can't think straight, which is a classy, terrible Riley line. Okay, but wait, there's there's something that happens in this conversation where, uh, you know, Riley's like, oh, I thought he was bad, and, you know, like, I thought you guys slept together, he lost his soul again, that's why he was back, and all this stuff. And she's like, we didn't sleep together. He still has his soul. And he's like, wait, that's the good angel? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, so, no, he does soulless to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. Buffy tells Riley about Adam killing Forrest. Riley doesn't take it well, obviously. And he leaves. Back at Giles' place, uh, Giles is drunk. And the tension is very high. They all start airing their grievances that were brought about by Spike. Um, while they're arguing, Anya and Tara are hiding in the uh, yeah, Anya and Tara are hiding in the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, nice bathroom. <laughs> oh man. Buffy gets upset about them coming after her and pushes back, asking how uh, they can possibly help her with this Adam situation. Um, and she says, I guess I'm starting to understand why there's no ancient prophecy about the chosen one and her friends. And then she leaves. <sighs> Final scene of the episode. In Adam's cave, he says, I've been waiting for you to summon off screen. Camera pans over and it's Riley who says, and now I'm here. And then to be continued. Oof, that ending. Jesus. So, what did you think? Uh, so, I give this one a watch. I think it sets up some very important plot points for the, um, the next two episodes. Um, I 
I hate episodes where it's the Scoobies fighting. I don't I don't like to see them fighting amongst each other. Um, it's another reason why like I hated the beginning of season three. It's because they're not communicating, they're not talking to each other, and it just creates this building and building and building tension. And then we see that tension all kind of come out in that last scene of this episode with, with them. Um I like this episode because of what it sets up for the next episode. So for that reason, I'll give it an eight. Because it's really, it's, um, the Yoko Factor and Primeval are really like, they're kind of like a two-part finale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they're, they're like a two-part finale and then you get an extra episode, which is restless. Because, like, next episode is like the what you would typically have, the big finale, like, fight and all that. So, it's, this season's a little bit weird, but, um, but yeah, I, I give it an eight. Yeah, I give it an eight as well. Like you said, uh, Primeval in this episode are, are basically one episode. I mean, it even yeah. has to be continued on it. So yeah. um, I'm excited to talk about that one. And then I'm really excited about to talk about Restless. Because that one, we could probably do a whole episode just on Restless. Because that episode I do not envy wild. you for having to write yeah. the notes for Restless. Restless yeah. is a crazy ride of an episode. Yes. And luckily... It's mostly broken out by characters, which I think will be the saving grace. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot happening in that episode. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So anything that you'd like to promote before we get out of here? Uh, if you want, you can hit me up on Twitter. Um, if you follow me, I will warn you that occasionally I do share out uh, Animal Crossing stuff to try oh, yeah. to get people to let me onto their islands. Um, <laughs> so those damn turnips. Oh, yeah. It's so crazy. But, um, but yeah, so if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, say hi, let me know you like the show, mm. uh, feel free to do so. I'm at Jillian underscore Swan, that's Swan with two N's, and yep, that's all I got. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the fake be oh my goodness, try that again, take two. You can follow me on Twitter at the fake Mar. that's B-M-A-R-R. You can follow the channel on Twitter at WGEverything, on Instagram at WGEverything, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash WGEverything, and on TikTok, search with you and everything. We will see you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for listening. The Sunnydale Review is a Wicked Good Everything production. The fan art of Buffy was created by Fishbone Art. The logo was created by Tamar Kutab. The original intro and outro song was created by Alex Carl.